We've been in a, a journey through the New Testament book of James. The book of James is a letter written to a scattered church, a church that wasn't all meeting together um, at the time. And uh, it's a letter with a central message. No matter where you happen to be, no matter what happens to be happening to you, You've got to continue to prove your faith is genuine by the way you live because life will continue to give you tests and opportunities for you to get a sense of just how genuine and just how authentic your faith is. And so the book of James is almost this series of litmus tests for the authenticity of our Faith And uh, this morning is going to be no different. James is about to talk to us about our words. And he's essentially going to say to us, our words matter. More than that, our words matter so much that the way we use them has the power to reveal just how authentic our faith is. If you have a copy of the Bible, we are going to be in James chapter 3. Uh, if you don't have a copy of the Bible, you're going to see the words appear at the bottom of your screen. James chapter 3, verse 1. Here's what James says. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Once again, James comes out of the gates swinging, not apologizing, not making disclaimers, not smoothing the path. He just comes out swinging pretty heavily. Did you know your words matter so much to God that he is taking note of even the most mundane and seemingly meaningless things that you say, and he will bring you to account for them. Your words matter. James starts chapter 3 by letting us in on this truth that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, there is coming a day when Jesus will judge you for the way you chose to use your words. He says here in verse 1, that teachers will be judged more strictly. And the immediate question you ought to ask is judged more strictly than who? Judged more strictly than the rest of us because Everyone is going to be judged for the way we use our words. And if you don't believe James, I trust you at least believe his big brother and Lord and Savior, Jesus himself. Matthew chapter 12 verse 36 says this, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Even when you are casually shooting the breeze or, or chewing the fat or yicking or yakking or, or whatever you do, heaven is weighing your words. Even when you're spilling the tea. <laughs> I'm hip, man. I know things. Heaven apparently is taking notes and weighing 
your words. Man, we have definitely lost a sense of the significance of our words in an information age culture. An era in which we are constantly texting and, and we're posting and, and we're, we're, we're commenting and, and we're tweeting and we're, we're, we're ticking and, and we're talking and we're facing and we're, we're booking and snapping and chatting and whatever else we do. There's this overabundance of the use of our words. It is easy to lose sight of the fact that each of them is being weighed on a heavenly scale. Every caption you post. Every text you send is being weighed. Every word you utter, including emojis. Who knew that? Erica, did you know this? We're learning together. I, I don't make the rules up. Emojis is in the Bible here in, in Greek. Um, by the way, I've got to say really quickly something that I think might be helpful uh, for, for us to know when you read this um, first verse. I am so thankful for our educators, those of you who teach in the school school system or in the homeschool system or in the higher ed system. So, so thankful for you and the difference you perpetually make. And if this pandemic season taught us anything, we are thankful for our teachers. James says... Teachers will be judged more strictly, and I just want you to know, he's not talking about y'all. Um, <laughs> uh, James is talking about people who stand in positions to speak on God's behalf. He's talking about people who stand in positions in which they use their words to help people understand God's words. Don't rush into a role in which you use your words to explain God's words. The standard of judgment will be even higher for you than it is for the rest of us. And that makes sense. Telling other people what you think God said. Telling other people what you think God means. Telling other people what you think God wants them to do. That is a holy and heavy responsibility and use of words. Um, it's crazy because as a pastor, there are many of you who will believe me because I said this is what the Bible means. More than that, there's a small number of you who may even do something with your life based on something I said from the Scripture. That is a heavy responsibility. Now, don't get me wrong. I will use that responsibility to tell you never, ever do something just because I said that's what I think the Bible means. You have access to the same Scriptures. You have access to the same Spirit. And I will perpetually invite you to study and to, to lean in and to beg the Spirit to give you the clarity He wants you to have. But that does not free me from my responsibility as a teacher of God's words, sobering words for biblical teachers in the church. There should be a warning label on every seminary application. Are you sure? Question mark. Sobering words for Bible teachers in the Christian schools. Sobering words 
for any parent who presumes to raise their kid by telling them this is what God says in order to help direct their lives. Now you've stepped into a biblical teacher role. And James would say the minute you start to quote God, the minute you start to handle his word in a position with authority, you are going to be judged more strictly for your words. We're all going to be judged for our words, especially those of us in positions representing God's words with our words. Words matter. And then James flips the script. This is what he says in verse 2. We all stumble, mess up in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect able to keep their whole body in check. I find that to be quite the intriguing turn of tones. Heaven is weighing every word that you use, and you will be judged for those words. Don't be careless with your words because you are going to be judged. And then James says also, no matter how careful you are with your words, you are going to mess No one is going to get this whole words thing right. We are all going to stumble. We are all going to sin with our words. If you don't mess up with your words, James says, you are a perfect person. You think you're perfect? We're going to have to come back and sort that tension out in a moment. But for now, honestly, I read this and I'm a little bit stuck on um, they're just words. For the love of goodness and for goodness sakes, they're just words. Why would the Bible make such a big deal about I'm just expressing myself? Why? Are they such a big deal? Why would heaven care? This seems like a minor issue to me. There are bigger deals happening in the world right now for us to be worrying about our words. Once again, this is why the church is so irrelevant and the Bible is so archaic. Well, James answers that question. He, he actually borrows a couple of really easy to understand illustrations to help us with this. Verse 3, when we put bits, these metal pieces, into the mouths of horses, now we're talking about horses, James, to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. It makes great declarations. Uh, my wife loves horses. Um, my biggest competition, I think, um, in our marriage, 
and uh, I've gladly listened to more horse stories than I can count. So this one hits a little, a little close to home. Um, I'm not saying I have much understanding, but I'm thankful James doesn't make this super complicated. He's saying with this five-inch piece of metal strategically placed in a horse's mouth, something you won't even notice when you're looking at a horse. James is saying, you have the power to tell this 2,000-pound beast whether to turn left or to turn right, whether the horse thinks it's a good idea or not. You can steer. She tells me stories about these little 14-year-old tiny girls riding these beasts with just elegance, just bossing them around by a bit in their mouths, which is James's entire point. With a relatively small propeller, he says, that's sub it's submerged beneath the water. You don't even notice it when you look at this massive vessel on the water. Someone can turn that whole thing north-northwest or south-southeast depending on where they want to go. James is saying that is the same with our tongues. This gross little piece of hidden flesh that no one sees much. Seems like a small thing, but he says it has the power to make great declarations with its words. This is, this is, this is compelling. Why does that matter? Well, just as it's true with a horse and just as it's true with the ship, the words of your tongue and the declarations they make have the power to determine the direction and ultimately the destination of your life. Woo! Words matter. They have locked up in them the power to direct your life one way or the other. James says your words have the power of direction. And he's putting it lightly, by the way. The writer of the Proverbs said it a little more intensely. Proverbs 18, verse 21. The tongue, the words you use, have the power of life and death. And those who love the tongue will eat its fruits. What a strange thing to say. But James is saying, your words have the power of life and death. And however you handle them, you're going to have to live with the consequences. You will reap the harvest. You will eat the fruit of whatever comes out of your mouth. The words you use matter because they have the power to determine where your life ends up. That kind of seems like a big deal to me. Show me the direction your life is heading and I will show you a declaration you have spoken 
over your life at some point. Your words matter. I will show you a declaration you have written, a declaration you have echoed, a declaration you have repeated at some point. Show me where your life is today, and I will show you something you declared at some point. Words matter. You looked in the mirror, and you made the declaration. I'm so ugly. Seemed like a five-second rant to you. Unseen by anybody, quickly forgotten by your conscience, conscious mind. But words are powerful. And now you stand at a distance from people because no one could possibly love someone like you. Unless, of course, they just needed you for something. So now you better work really, really hard to keep people loving you because there's no way anyone can love you for your own sake because I'm so ugly. Words matter. Words are powerful. So ugly, direction set, and you start to move. A certain way. Now no one can pay you a compliment because it gets zapped by the field force around your heart before it gets anywhere near you. Maybe it was your mom who first said it, but at some point you repeated the declaration, I am never going to amount to anything. And now you cannot even celebrate the smallest successes in your life. Because something is bound to go wrong. And I know that no matter how successful you think I am, I've messed up in a thousand different ways because Lord forbid I ever amount to anything based on something spoken Echoed by your words. Words matter. I will never be heard again. Direction set. Good luck <laughs> if anyone ever gets you to trust them now. You don't trust people. Let people close, they burn you. I will never. Forgive them. Direction set. And now you are just a bitter person. You don't enjoy the multiple colors God constantly splashes in your world. Because you made a declaration. I will love my enemy, you said. And now you find yourself living with a, a, a strangely light heart because of a declaration you made. I will never struggle financially like my parents did, never. <laughs> and you've not enjoyed your job for 15 years because it's no longer about purpose, it's no longer about living, it's about never ever struggling financially and you are stressed about money all the time. How did you get there? Something spoken, words matter. 
because they have the power to determine where your life ends up. And come on, if you're still struggling with this concept, I will give you the most obvious example. <laughs> your eternal destination is set by words that you speak. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Direction set, destination established. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it's because of a declaration you made. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If this is true, by the way, I could not be happier to tell somebody, your words <laughs> must also, come on somebody, they must also have the power of redirection. Woo! Man, I'm preaching. You didn't like where you ended up. You don't like who you are. You don't like the direction in which your life is heading. Consider starting in a new direction by making a new declaration. Say something different. Start saying something new. Start echoing a different narrative. For many of us, we just perpetuate the same words and the same lies and the same voices. And hope will end up somewhere different. Come on, speak something better. I dare some of you, maybe for the first time in years and years and years, to speak something kind about yourself. Words matter. Consider looking in the mirror and fixating on one thing you like and speaking that with no disclaimers. And just leave. Drop the mic and go to work. Say something new. But more than all of those things, consider using your words to echo what your heavenly father has declared about you. He knows who you are. He knows how he made you. He knows the direction he called you to go in. And he has said all the things about you necessary for you to get where he wants you to go, to head towards the GPS destination that he has plotted for you. I dare some of you to maybe start saying what he says. Woo! I'm so loved. <laughs> Come on. I know someone wants to type that into the chat. I'm tired of people treating me like I don't matter when my heavenly father has declared with his words over me. I'm so loved. Things may start to shift. And the vessel might start to turn. I hereby declare I am a masterpiece. Whoa, look at you with your bad self. 
God made you just the way he wanted. I am a masterpiece. And by the way, if you don't believe me when I say that words matter, I dare you wherever you are to say those words three times out loud. I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. Now, come on, somebody, talk to me. Why is that so difficult to say? Why is that feel so, like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not speaking those words about me. Because somewhere, a lie has been spoken about who you are, and it's sitting in the place where God's words over you belong. And it's time for you to start evicting those things by saying what God said. I'm a masterpiece. I may not feel like it right now, but I'm starting to talk. Listen, I'm going to start dressing for where I want to go. I'm going to start speaking for where I want to end up. And he said, I'm a masterpiece. Therefore, I hereby declare, I'm a I am so wanted. God chose me before the foundations up. Do you know how wanted you have to be to be pre-chosen? Forget the iPhone 12. God pre-ordered me before I even came out on the market. I'm so wanted. I refuse to walk around living like no one wants me, and so I have to work and work and work and work and work and work and work to impress everybody to get them to want me when God has said, I have purpose. I mean, I may or may not struggle like my parents struggled financially, but I will live in the purpose God has for me. So I'm going to make a declaration today. I have purpose. I have purpose. God has given me purpose. Be very careful what you say to and about yourself. It has the power to direct your life. And for some of us, today is the day of re direction. I will pick one thing God has said that I need to believe and I will speak it or I will post it or I will write it, stick it on my mirror, that great foe, and start to declare it. What lie needs to die? What direction do you need to recalculate for your journey? Words matter. James isn't just picking something that's not a big deal. Words do matter. He gives another easy-to-understand illustration to warn us. If you don't redirect your life with your words, the lies you declare might just eventually destroy you. He says in verse 5, the second part, consider what a great forest fire is, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself is ultimately set on fire by hell, right? James is saying a large catastrophic fire can start by a small spark. In fact, this point hits a little close to home 
um, for us with the wildfires that are devastating the, the West Coast. Um, one of the fires that consumed about 10,000 football fields worth of land mass, land area in California, it's really interesting. Uh, it, it was started by uh, a couple who wanted to create some fun smoke to reveal the gender of their baby. I mean, that's pretty cool. This California couple, just they wanted to make a creative gender reveal. And then 10,000 plus acres burned as a result. That's what James is saying. A small spark, small match, gender reveal, smoke flare can spark a fire that engulfs. Just like it's true, he says, for the spark and the forest fire, the words your tongue speaks may seem small to you, but they have the power to scorch your path and destroy your life. And in fact, if you do not redirect them at some point, he says, they will ultimately destroy you eternally. Be careful what you say. It might eventually destroy you. Oh, it's just a white lie. It's just, just a small lie. Wasn't even a big deal, right? Isn't that how we start? It's just, it's just words. I was just trying to. It's just a small sin. Man, I'm in a season of life where I just don't feel like I need God. Like, I, careful what you say. Careful what you say. Words matter. I'm sure James would ask, what lie or what boast about how awesome you are apart from God? Might need to die before it destroys you. He says in verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And then he says, with a tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Whoa. James is saying, your words 
matter. They don't just have the power to direct your life. They don't just have the power to destroy your life. He's saying your words have the power to disclose how genuine your faith really is. And that's where he seems to be going with all of this. He says a salt spring cannot produce fresh water. Only a fresh water spring can produce fresh water. Okay, fair. Also, he says, while we're talking about it, a heart that blesses God cannot also curse man who was created in the image of God. Huh. Okay. Uh, the idea of cursing, by the way, uh, is not the idea of cussing here. It's, it's the idea of deliberately using my words to bring or wish harm on someone else. Now my words aren't being used for me anymore. They're being used about and for other people. And the consequences start to escalate. James's lips that praise Jesus cannot produce words that hurt people. A salt spring cannot produce fresh water. These two things cannot come out of the same place. James is teaching us now. If you praise God at church, and then you get online and you post words that harm the reputation of someone made in the image of God because you disagree with them politically, James says, let that disclose something about your heart. Because salt water never comes out of a, a fresh spring. One of those things or the other is true. A praise spring will produce praise to God. A broken spring will produce words that hurt or harm or curse people. But those two things cannot come. It will reveal, disclose the condition of your heart, your words. If you praise Jesus for providing this food for us at the dining room table, and then you tear your kids down with your words in the kitchen, let that disclose something about your faith. Pay attention to what's coming out of your mouth when you talk about other people. If you casually describe certain genders or sexual orientations or racial groups or, you know, whoever, and you use degrading words, like just sarcastic, constantly cynical, constantly tearing people down, let that disclose something about your faith to you. James is just once again plagiarizing the words of Jesus. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things 
out of the evil stored, uh, stored up in his heart. For the mouth, the tongue speaks what the heart is full of. A salt spring cannot produce fresh water. This is so compelling. This is so striking. What you say comes from the well of your heart. If it's salty, it's coming from a salty spring, y'all. Stop saying, I was just posting my opinion and it just happened to be belligerent. No, it's telling you something about where it came from. Now I just get mad at my kids and then I just start to rip them to shreds and well those people you know how they are and so therefore it is okay for me to speak about them in a certain way forgetting the fact that they are created in the image of God. James would say that is saying something about who you are and what the condition of your heart really is. You didn't just say that about her body. You revealed something about your heart. It came from somewhere. You don't just like to gossip. Your words are telling you something about who you really, really are. Words matter. They are one of the quickest ways for you to get the most genuine sense of who you really are. What kinds of things do you say, especially about other people? What are your words saying about what's at the heart of your faith? And if you realize that, man, you continue to defame and you continue to say dark and disparaging things, and if you talk to your kids, they will say, yeah, he gets mad and he just starts to say some of the most hurtful and harmful things to us. I don't care how well you know the Bible, sir. It doesn't matter how high you raise your hands when you come to praise because a salt spring cannot produce fresh water. The same mouth that praises Jesus cannot continue to tear down people made in his image. That is saying something about you. And the church, we've tried to play it off like, no, my persona online <laughs> and my praise persona, you know, I go back and forth. James is saying, you don't go back and forth. In and out. That's how you go. So what's What's coming out of you saying about what's truly inside you? And if your words continue to be demeaning and dark and rageful, you have reason to be concerned about what James said in verse 6, that your tongue will be set on fire when God judges the words we use because it will disclose your heart is not yielded to Jesus. Like, why? This is my thought of like, God, why would you judge us for the words we speak? And James is like, because not ultimately about the words you speak. 
It's ultimately because the words you speak are just this continual reflection of the condition of your heart. Nothing has saddened me more in the last number of months than to see the stuff that is coming out of the mouths of the people of God. And I, 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 I ought to be concerned when I see that in my own life. I ought to be concerned when I see that in the life of the church. It is not okay. It will never be okay. And in this political season, we have made it okay. And I am telling you, it is wrong. And it reveals something about who the church really is. Jezebel, don't blame a pandemic. Don't blame a political season. Uh-uh. Have the humility to let your words speak about who you really are. Now, I read this, and uh, my immediate thought is, man, I've got to do better with my words. I've got to say nicer things to my kids. I've got to post nicer things online. But it's so interesting. This is not where James is going. <laughs> I would think James would say, if you notice that your words are really dark and are really disparaging, um, then you need to stop it and you need to fix it. Um, and James is saying, no, you, uh, newsflash, actually, you can't fix it. If you could fix it, you'd be perfect. This is where parents, I think, um, got the idea of bad words and good words, right? And then washing mouths out with soap and things of that, that nature. Stop saying the bad words. God doesn't like them. Um, only say the good words. It's a sin to cuss. Now, if you rip somebody to shreds with your words, but you don't swear, that's okay. But it is a sin. Don't say stupid. Don't say shut up. And don't say other S words. Those words are bad. Right? And that's the culture that I personally um, grew up in. Like the resolution to this was to change my words and to just try really hard not to say the bad ones. I love the gospel in the book of James. James is saying false. If you notice that your words are dark, disparaging, broken, messed up, and salty, James would say, oh, yeah, that's why I told you we all stumble." when it comes to our words. We all mess up when it comes to our words. That's why I told you no human being has figured out a way to tame the tongue. No human being has figured out a way to speak perfectly because every human being has a broken and salty heart. I love this. James is saying there is only one solution, and the solution is a person. And this is a person who can turn water into wine. This is the well who can change the source of those words. What the church desperately needs to do, what I desperately need to do when I find myself losing it with my kids or saying something I ought not to say or posting something that I really shouldn't say, is not to say, I'll fix it, Lord. It's to say, Lord, look at what is in my heart still. Jesus, would you change me from the inside? Woo! I know somebody who can make figs come out of grapevines by changing the vine. 
He can transform us at the source and he's the only one who can. And when we realize I am messed up and I'm broken and I've spoken things that are changing the direction of my life and things that are destroying me and things that are defaming other people and things that are disclosing my heart to be broken, bring the broken, messed up heart to Jesus and say, this is who I am. Would you change me? Would you cleanse me again? Come on, Izzy, that song we just sang. Make me clean. Only you can do that. And Jesus will say yes every time. Listen, there is a famine of Jesus transforming his church right now. It is not about our words. Our words just reveal where we really are. And our words reveal how desperately we need to run back to Jesus and say, change us again. For the sake of your name, clean our hearts for the sake of your name. Make us new for the sake of your name, because only you can. Words matter, <laughs> but only the word can transform us. And on that day, I want to stand before him and say, yeah, I messed up with my words, but Jesus... Thank you for the ways you continued to change me as I humbly came to you. Today is the day of redirection. And for some of us, it's, we need to begin to declare what God has said about us to be true. But many of us need to return to the source and admit our hearts are showing brokenness. Would you clean us? Would you heal us? Would you fix us? And Jesus, this is our prayer to you. Set us on a course towards life, and when we find ourselves veering, we bring our hearts back to you and beg you, set us on a course towards life by affecting us from the heart. Only you can. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.